Welcome to episode 283 of Live Happy Now. This is Paula Phelps, and this week we're here to talk about friendship. As the song says, you've got to have friends. But in today's busy world, it's often easy to overlook the value of those friendships. After a cancer diagnosis, Sherry Lead realized that she wanted her friends to know how much they meant to her. So she made a list of 50 women and sat down with each one face-to-face to tell them what they had done for her. Not only did it change her life and the lives of her friends, but it led to the book, The 50-50 Friendship Flow, Life Lessons From and For My Girlfriends. She's here today to talk about how this book changed her life and how you can use this same process to deepen your own friendships and discover greater gratitude in your life. Sherry, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) Well, happy is what we're all about, and happy is what this topic is really, really about. Friendship is something we all need, and I think we all know how important it is, but we kind of let that slip in today's busy world. So I wanted to know, first of all, what made you decide to start exploring the topic of friendship? Sure. Well, you know, as you know, October happens to be a breast cancer awareness month. And it was during this month, three years ago, that I received that phone call from my doctor that none of us want to receive. She had told me I was 47 years old at the time, and she told me, I'm sorry, but you have cancer. And my kids were in high school at the time, and, you know, it was at that point. I knew, of course, that the next 30 years weren't promised. However, that type of call really puts it to the forefront. And so it prompted me to think about, really, how do I want to live my life? What do I want from life? And it came down to the ultimate goal and the ultimate goal for me. And I believe everyone really is happiness. I also happened to go attend a friend's memorial service during this time period. And at the memorial service, so many people came up and shared how wonderful this woman was and what she meant to them and the lessons that they learned just from being her friend, which was all wonderful, but I couldn't help but think, wow, they never said this to her. Mm -hmm. So I decided to change that and make sure that I told my friends, you know, what they brought to my life, what they've taught me. What I love about this is I think all of us have those moments where we think, gosh, I should really let that person know what they mean to me. And it can normally be a fleeting thought. We get busy again. And so even though our intentions are good, we don't do it. But you created a whole program and a challenge around it. So can you explain what the 50-50 Friendship Flow Challenge is? Yes. Well, I happen to, when I decide to do this, it happened to be between my 49th and 50th birthday. This was on the tail end of my cancer journey. And I made a list of 50 women. And with that, I met one-on-one with each of these women. Now, the challenge is not necessarily to meet with 50 women or 50 friends, but to decide, you know, make a commitment, make a list. It could be five people, 10 people, 15, but make a solid list and set a time frame to complete this challenge. It shouldn't be more than a year because we want to kind of push ourselves to get this done. Because as you mentioned, you know, we have these fleeting thoughts, but we all have times, you know, get busy in life and we don't do this. So this challenge is, is to make that commitment 
and it has five steps. Number one, set the date. And I did this in person the first time around. I'm doing this a second round, this time by Zoom, because that's the nature of what we're in right now. Yeah, the new year. world order. Absolutely. But I'm doing this by Zoom this year. But make that intention. Meet one-on-one, you know, either virtually or in person. You set that date, number one. Number two, you really think about that person and what they brought to your life with the idea and the belief that everyone that comes into your life is both your teacher and your student. And what have they taught you? What have you learned from them? I shall say, let go of ego. You know, sometimes it gets uncomfortable to share these things, but let go of ego. And really, number three, share with them what you've learned. Let them know what you see, what they've brought to your life. Number four, ask them questions. Is this trait something they've always had or is this something that they struggled with? How did they get there? And then number five, which I think is perhaps the most important part of the process is to record this date. I happen to do record it on Facebook, but it doesn't have to be something that's shared on public social media. It's something that could be private, but the fact that you're recording it in some way really allows that piece of reflection And once you start to reflect on all the different people who have come into your life and the lessons you've learned from them, then it's really hard not to live in gratitude and happiness. Yeah, it seems like even the planning process, making that list of who you want to talk to, that in itself is just almost meditative because you really have to go inside and think about who's influenced you and what they've done. And then as you're thinking about why you want to include them. Boy, it seems like this reflection, just that part of the process would be kind of life-changing. Yes. You know, every step I found was, and what I tell people is when they take this challenge, everyone always comes back to me and says, can I add more people to my list? (laughs) Because you start to recognize, you know, it just prompts your mind to start to recognize even more, even with people that you just meet. Wow, this is what I'm learning from them. And I always say, you know, you could do the challenge a second time, but get that list done first. (laughs) Get your initial list. One, how about the people you're reaching out to? Are they ever uncomfortable or do they know? Is it, do you ambush them? Say, hey, let's do coffee. And then you tell them, this is why I'm here. How do you do that? Because I will say there are people in my life who I think would almost be uncomfortable as I tell them how much they mean to me. Yeah, that's a very good question because it is uncomfortable. We're not used to receiving compliments and having these types of intimate conversations, even with our closest friends. You know, we talk to each other, but we never talk about the friendship. So the nice thing about the challenge is it gives a person, it gives you the framework to be able to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, can we sit down? And this is the purpose. So it takes away some of that uncomfortable feeling. And, you know, your friends want you to finish a challenge. (laughs) It's it's just natural, but it is, it's so, you know, that's why I realized too, a lot of times it would get a little bit emotional for the person receiving this message from me because, This is not a practice that we do. We don't share with people the meaning that they have in our lives until it's unfortunately too late. And did you draw this information up in advance? Did you know what you were going to say as you sat down with each person? Did you just kind of like have talking points or did you have a script or how did you go about this? I didn't. But when I made my initial list and 50 is a lot, so some were close friends, some were actually newer acquaintances, but there was something about these women, I chose to meet with all women. There was something about these women that just struck me as I really want to sit down and talk to them one-on-one. So I knew there was something there, but I would think about them either the night before, the morning of, 
and just kind of meditate on what exactly the message was and what I learned from them. So I didn't come with a script. I told them about the challenge, but I just shared with them that I've really been thinking about this because it's important for me to share with you exactly what I feel you taught me. That's really a great thing to put in their head too, because, you know, as I think about my friends and this could say something about maybe who I hang out with, but if I said, Hey, I need to sit down and talk to you. They'd be like, what, are you in trouble? What did you, what's going on? (laughs) You know? Right. Um, Because that's the only time we do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see how it really start them spinning. But if you tell them in advance what it's going to be about, does that set them in a tone of where they're really thinking about it as well? Yes. And a lot of times I found they were surprised because they thought, well, what possibly could she have learned from me? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and oftentimes I would receive an email or a text or a phone call, you know, a week, two weeks later, and even now, a year later, a year and a half later from people that said, you know, that really resonated with me. And I still think about that. I guarantee every woman in that book that I wrote about that I met with remembers that meeting because we don't do this enough. Mm-hmm. And why was it so important that you did this face-to-face? Because again, as we've noted, you know, everything's by text. A phone call seems intimate now. So why was the face-to-face so crucial to this? You know, the first time I did this, it was ideal for me to meet face-to-face. And actually, we met at coffee shops or restaurants. And so we shared a meal or shared, you know, a coffee or tea with each other. And there's something about that sharing of a meal with somebody that's kind of special in and of itself. And then taking the time, I want to make sure that I took this time because that's a lot of time spent, you know, for 50 women to drive there and to meet and sit down together. But I wanted it to be a little bit difficult for me because it was important. And why does it make it better? Like, you know, because most of us are just trying to make it easy. It's like, what's the easiest way? It's like, hey, you can swing by on your way home from work, you know? (laughs) So why was it another component of it to make it challenging for you? You know, as this went along, it became even more important to make it challenging because the message and the response I was receiving from these women and what I was feeling inside, that this became even more and more important that I need to tell this person, this friend, what they've taught me. And it's not about me. It's about them. You know, this, it's a gift for me to be able to, because giving up time is important and this doesn't have to cost a thing, but the gift of time was what I could give back to them for them being in my life. And that became important to me. Yeah. And that is the one thing that I've become more and more cognizant of in recent years. It's just that time is everything. Like Being able to give someone my time It really is the greatest gift that we can give one another. Yes. And even now doing this a second time with Zoom, you know, it's not the in-person, but I notice the weeks that I don't set up these Zoom calls with women for this very purpose. I notice that I I might not be as energized as I am, you know, because these these calls really do energize me, especially this year, this year when, you know, we've had, I live in Washington state and we've, you know, like the rest of the country have had to shelter in place for much of this year and socially distance. And it takes a toll. It really, you know, it takes a huge toll. And so these, Zoom meetings that I'm having with girlfriends right now that are intentionally set up for this purpose, I my energy after them really carries me through some of these more difficult weeks that we've been having. 
That's great. And what better time to create such an initiative for people who haven't done this and are discovering this idea for the first time? What a great way to get through the, the next few months than to, you know, be, start spending it with friends. Yes. And it, it does. You start thinking about the other people and it really takes some of that focus off of yourself, which I know for me this year, it's really easy for me to, you know, kind of focus inward with all the changes that have been happening in the world. So this has been a gift, actually. And how did it then deepen the relationships? Once you've sat down and you've talked with somebody on this really intimate level, how do those relationships change? It changed immensely. It actually surprised me. It brought in an appreciation where there is no question about our friendship. Not that there was a big question before, but I think just being able to talk about the friendship and tell somebody that they're important to you and what you see in them, that opens up, you know, it kind of takes off any walls. We still have walls up, even with our close friends sometimes. And that just really brings down any of the walls and a deeper understanding and connection. And the person realizes that you see them actually more than what you may normally talk about, you know, these passing conversations at parties or meetings or what have you. So just getting to that deeper level just opens up. I guess it just, it takes away any barriers. Yeah. And I just imagine that it's, it creates new conversations that you wouldn't have had, had you not had this conversation. Yes, it does. And then a lot of the women that I've met with, they've in turn decided to take on the same challenge and have done this with their friends. And so they're experiencing it from the side of the giver, which has been wonderful. And then as you're, you draw up your list of people and you're going to start doing this, and how do you recognize the purpose and the impact that each person brings into your life? Do you have some sort of process that you go through for just mentally going through this? You know, I don't. And I just feel like as I think about it, sometimes it's the smallest thing. For example, there was a woman who is an amazing businesswoman. She has, you know, two kids that are very active. She appears on all these nonprofit boards. And I just thought, wow, she seems happy. I want to know, you know, she seems balanced. She seems like she has a lot of good <laughs> life balance, but how is that possible? And, and so that's what I wanted to meet with her to tell her, you know, I've learned that you could do all these different things in your life, be a businesswoman, raise, you know, your two daughters, be active in their school, help out in nonprofits and still be happy. And I confirmed first, I'm like, you are happy, aren't you? <laughs> and she confirmed, but you know what she said during that meeting that really stood out to me. And she says, you know how I do it? I'm an 80 percenter. <laughs> and that surprised me because this woman who's going to hundred plus said she's an 80 percenter. And her lesson to me just during that meeting was that she's learned how to delegate. And she learned that through a performance review at work that, you know, delegation is important. And so she delegates in her life. And that's how she's achieved this balance and this true happiness with the life that she has. It's so full so it's things like that. It's just, it could be something little and it turns into this amazing conversation. Yeah. And it then turned into this amazing book, which did you know when you started this, that it would be a book or did that come in later? That came in later because I recorded my dates on social media and I started 
to receive questions about how do you do this? How do you get this started? How can I do this? And I thought, okay, there's something here. And I decided then, well, let me write this more formally because clearly this is a message or a practice that people are are looking for. One of the things I really like about this book is that it is part memoir because you tell us about this person. We get these fabulous little stories, but then it's also part journal. Can you, for those who haven't seen the book, which is just out, it'll been out just two weeks when this airs. Can you kind of explain this format that you created? It's very unique and really effective. Thank you. I just have, you know, it's very short chapters, 50 chapters about the date I had with each of the women. And at the end of the chapter, there is the life lesson that I learned. There's a suggested action plan to take, and there's a place to journal. So the idea is, you know, this book could be read. I mean, the chapters are so short. It could be read quickly, or you can read, you know, one chapter a week and look at that lesson plan, look at that action plan, write a journal about what, how that affected you, the reader. You could use the book in any way that speaks to you, but I do suggest that with journaling, date the journal. I have a journal practice myself that I've been doing for three years. And in that practice every day, in addition to writing a little bit in the journal, I look back at the years prior on that day just to see where I've grown. And so I really think it's important, no matter how you use the book, to write notes, to journal and date those notes so that you can look back again. And I also think it's interesting that we can learn something from your interaction with a friend. You talk about really paying it forward and how these friendships have so much more meaning than we ever realize. Your friendship with these 50 different women, then we learn something from each of those friendships. Yes. And then you start recognizing that in your own life, which is pretty remarkable. This is something that can really be life-changing. And I don't mean to be overdramatic, but it really can be life-changing for a lot, everyone in your circle, really. Yes. And it's been life-changing for me because now when I meet someone new, I really do go into that meeting without thinking about it, thinking, okay, this is my teacher and my student. And what a great groundwork for, you know, for a new relationship to realize that, hey, this person is here for a reason and to focus on them instead of, you know, whatever I have going on inside of me during that time I interact with them. And as you start looking at everybody as either a teacher or a student or both, Mm -hmm. it also changes how you look at your overall life experiences, right? Because it seems like what's going on, if we can look at 2020 as a great teaching moment <laughs> instead yeah. of just like the year that we all lost that really changes us physiologically and as we go through this world yes absolutely it really it helps us to stay grounded and to keep perspective and really you know look at these obstacles that we're facing as more like redirections, I guess, like signs for us to to pivot, that there's something else there. And then, you know, you talk a lot about this, recognizing what your friendships do for you and recognizing all these wonderful things that you have starts making you live in gratitude or allowing you, not making you, allowing you to live in gratitude. Can you explain why that is? There's a causal relationship. I mean, there's a direct relationship between happiness and the relationships in your life. And the stronger your relationships are, the more they're cultivated, then the more positive interactions you're going to have during your daily life, which leads to a happier life. And 
just looking at all these opportunities that you have and recognizing them that on a daily basis, you have so many opportunities to interact with different people who are bringing something to your life. I think it's impossible to not live in gratitude when you see the, I mean, kind of look at the miracle of the people around you. Mm -hmm. And does it change how you look at people who maybe aren't your friends? (laughs) Do you start thinking, well, okay, this person, I would rather not have to work with them, but maybe there's a lesson, maybe there's a learning thing here. Do you start doing that as well? Yes. And I think that's very important because, you know, when we focus on our differences, those differences become greater and they take over. And I'm not saying that we need to be, you know, close friends with everybody, but (laughs) if we focus, we could find a common story with everyone we meet. We can find a similarity or something, you know, with everyone we meet. If, you know, the late justices, Justice Scalia and Justice Ginsburg were able to be such great friends despite their fundamental differences, Mm -hmm. that if they could find that common story, then I think we all can. And like I said, once you focus more on that and looking for that common story, it's not like you forget that you have different beliefs or differences or differences of opinion, but you can celebrate the commonality instead. And a lot of times that could be enough to at least grow those bonds enough that the experience is a positive experience. That is fantastic. I love that. So as people are looking at, hey, how can I implement this in my own life? What is it that they can do? What mindset? You know, we don't want to have to wait until we have this book in front of us to start benefiting from our friendship. So what are things that they can do right now? I think a great thing would be just to make that first list, write down the names of the people in your life without much thought. You know, you don't have to figure out why they made your list. Just write down the people in your life that, you know, if you were able to do this challenge, who would be the top people that would come to your mind to sit down and meet with? And then from that, I think everything else just kind of naturally happens. That's excellent. Sherry, thank you for coming by and talking with us today. This is, it's a terrific book to pick up. And like I said, it's a wonderful thing to be working on right now because we've got more time on our hands and why not spend it, you know, reconnecting with friends. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being here. That was Sherry Lead, author of The 50-50 Friendship Flow, Life Lessons from and for My Girlfriends. To learn more about Sherry, order her book or follow her on social media, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for this week. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all-new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one. Mm